0: Hello ladies and gentlemen, it has been a long while since the show's last episode where I attempted to read out loud an excerpt from my work in progress, Forget Me Not, Father. To put it succinctly, my life has been in a state of constant flux, but I continue to write on and am hoping to put out some new episodes for this year. Now, in regards to that last episode, it is safe to say to those of you who tried to listen to that episode that I am not a gifted narrator when it comes to reading out loud, or just speaking in general. Let's be honest here. I have a face made for radio and a voice for newspaper. However, a new option has really opened up as text-to-speech technology has advanced quite a lot over the past few years. In fact, one particular voice bot I have come across is very impressive. While I'm still working on Forget-Me-Not-Father, I also started writing a rough draft for a novella version of Hunted Under the Light of the Moon, which is a type of vampire thriller slash adventure fiction story, which was originally a short story I wrote quite a while ago. Now, How did I pivot from my work in progress to this old story idea? With the explosion over ChatGPT and similar AI bots, I decided to use this vampire story to test the abilities and see what it would produce. I have a series of blog posts on my website about my experience should you guys be interested and will include a link in this episode's description. Suffice to say, ChatGPT is a mixed bag which is a topic for another time. The good thing is that this increased my desire to work on the story, though progress has been slow, mostly because I am completely changing how the story starts. Chapter 1 now starts in the location where Jonas, our main character, is kidnapped by Darius. But while I was finishing chapter 1, I learned about an impressive AI speech tool called Speech Synthesis. Curious as to its capabilities, I let it read the first part of chapter 1 for Hunted Under the Light of the Moon. Now, this tool is developed by Eleven Labs, and I used what I assume is their generic voice which is designated Conversation-slash-Adam which is an American voice that is clear in its delivery. Apparently you can also upload clips of people's voices and it will recreate them to read anything you type into the box in the voice you want, which has some really awesome implications and possibilities. After hearing what it produced, I have to say, I was really impressed by the quality of the reading and wished I could have let it read the whole chapter, but the free version has a 10,000 character limit which is why I only uploaded a portion of my first chapter which might just be chapter 1 with how it ends, but I digress. Like I said... The quality is really good, and even kind of spot on at points of the dialogue. Other points of the dialogue were off with the tone I envisioned in my mind, which is a drawback for this kind of technology since, if you don't like its delivery, I don't think you can get it to re-record in another tone of style, which you could do with a real live narrator by communicating to them what you have in mind. Still, the quality is far beyond a lot of the stuff used in videos that you can tell are text-to-speech. I've always hated text-to-speech because it sounds so artificial and disjointed. But I do understand why some content creators would use it. Either because their reading skills aren't great, they might have a heavy accent that would hurt the quality of the work for their target audiences, or they, like me, just have a bad voice for people to listen to. So I'm curious to hear what you think about the quality of this voice bot and whether or not you might consider using it to narrate your novel. Personally, I think there's a lot of potential for this technology, especially when it comes to creating audiobooks. I also find it very useful for hearing your words spoken out loud by something else rather than yourself to get a feel for the tone and even hear mistakes that you might miss. But with that said, here's part one of chapter one for my vampire story, Hunted Under the Light of the Moon.
1: Hunted Under the Light of the Moon. Rough Draft. Chapter One. The Ambush. Jonas was sitting at his usual corner table of the night's folly an off-the-beaten-track kind of bar that only the locals knew about while sipping on a glass of sparkling water. He always liked to sit at this high table, his back to the wall, which provided him a view of the entire bar. Sitting there gave him a sense of security knowing that nothing could come up behind him, especially when someone like him was accustomed to being out in the wilds where you could be attacked from behind at any moment. At the table, sitting with him, were his two friends who he had known since middle school. To his right, Ben was cradling an almost finished mug of amber-colored beer while shifting it slowly back and forth across the black tabletop while Robert was drinking a diet soda. They hadn't ordered their food yet and were waiting for the waitress to come back after making her way around the brightly lit dining area, which would be a little while. The night's folly was packed, like it was every Saturday night, and everyone was having a good time. It was mostly an older crowd of Jackson Township residents. Most of the town's younger bar hoppers preferred the more dazzling displays and atmospheres of trendy clubs over in Atlantic City or the rowdy rambunctiousness of a college dorm or frat house. The night's folly wasn't cool enough for them, but it suited everyone here just fine with its more mellow atmosphere where people could actually have conversations and talk without having to yell over bass-thumping space bar-created selections that assaulted the ears. Though at the moment, The music was a little more old-fashioned with Frank Sinatra's You Make Me Feel So Young playing through the speakers, as it does every Saturday night when Mr. and Mrs. Dango sitting together in a booth by a window arrive. Ever since their semi-retirement, they come every Saturday night while their children and grandchildren run the restaurant, and the first thing Mr. Dango does is request that the establishment play that song. Jonas could see that even after all these years, the love between those two was still strong, though even a blind person could see it. Yo, Ames, Robert said to Jonas, a smirk on his face. Seeing the dangos make you wish you were married by now? Jonas just looked at his friend with a slight smile and said, not really, no, but I can admire that their relationship is still so strong after so many years. Come on. Robert pushed while adjusting his tan-colored button-down shirt. Not even after your near-death experience down in, where were you this time? Venezuela, Ben added while wiping his hands clean of condensation from the mug of beer on his black jeans rather than on his white shirt. His old dog tag showing through the opening where the top two buttons were undone. Right, Robert said, Venezuela. Are you telling me that almost getting killed by a jaguar isn't enough to make you think about settling down? Maybe with that young Latino waitress they recently hired here? Robert quickly turns to look at the waitress who is dropping off some burgers to a table of diners who belong to one of the local bowling clubs. She's really cute, Robert exclaimed to emphasize his point. Considering how you look, she might think you are Latino yourself. Hey, man. Jonas said as he continued to look around, noticing Mr. Barnes in the corner sipping his beer while watching a game on the flat screen TV. Just because your marriage is boring doesn't mean you can try and live vicariously through me. Boring, Robert said in a slightly higher tone while looking around in an exaggerated fashion, as if looking out for someone and making the sign of a cross. Who says my marriage is boring? Not me. We know. Ben said, you are too scared of your wife to even think it. I ain't scared, Robert protested, and I ain't bored. You guys are just jealous that I've been married since college while your 35 year old brittle boned asses are still single. Our bones are brittle, Jonas asked. Then what about yours since we are the same age? As they continued to talk, Jonas noticed the waitress coming to their table and couldn't deny Robert's assessment that she was cute. Her dark hair was pulled back into a ponytail, small silver hoop earrings hanging from her ears, while the A-bit-too-tight white shirt with the words The Night's Folly written on it and form-hugging blue jeans showed off her petite figure. The waitress, whose name tag read Rosalita, came to their table, stood next to Jonas while taking out a pad and pencil and asked him, Hola, que te gustaría encargar? Lo siento, Jonas immediately replied, as if said a thousand times before, a smile with a hint of regret on his face. No hablo espanol, señorita. It was his normal response when anyone from Latin American countries would try to converse with him in their native tongue. Oh, Rosalita exclaimed. I'm so sorry. May I take your order, gentlemen? No worries, Jonas said. Can I get another sparkling water, the boneless buffalo wings, and fries, please? Nothing else to drink, she asked. Sorry, Jonas replied. I don't drink alcohol. The waitress's eyebrows raised as he said this, a common reaction whenever someone took his order. Another beer, cheeseburger, medium, with fries, Ben added. Wings, Philly cheesesteak, fries, and mozzarella sticks, Robert said to complete their order. You got it, the waitress said cheerfully, while giving Jonas a wink as she walked away to put in their order with the young, dark-haired bartender working tonight. Jonas gave her a friendly smile in return. Robert's green eyes narrowed as he witnessed this interaction. Damn, man, she is totally digging you, even though you are the shortest one among us three. Well, Jonas said while raising his arms up in a don't look at me gesture, the sleeves of his black blazer receding to expose his wrists. Maybe if you lost that gut of yours, she would be wishing for some black coffee tonight. You do know that, despite what women say these days, the dad bod isn't in vogue. Not everyone has the time to work out like you, Robert mumbled as Jonas started to put his hands down, only to stop mumbling, quickly grabbed Jonas's left arm and exclaimed, "Hold up! What's with this fancy watch?" Nothing, Jonas said, resting his arm back from Robert and pretending to clean it off the black gold watch. I got this shortly after returning from Venezuela, ordered it from an American company called Watch Where You Go that deals in high-end customized watches and comes with a built-in GPS tracker. Now it makes sense, Ben said while admiring the wristwatch as Jonas shows it to them. The waitress must have seen that expensive piece of bling and now thinks you got money, not that you aren't an attractive guy, no homo. Nah, Jonas quipped. She would go for your six foot tall frame if you had some color in your skin, you pasty ginger. Guess all you got to look forward to are the sheep your ancestors got kicked out for stealing in your future. Screw you, Ben said, smiling. Not my type. Jonas answered. Robert, still mesmerized by the watch, said, How much did that cost? Around six figures, Jonas said nonchalantly as he took another sip of water. What, Robert said, sloshing a bit of his soda onto the table. Those rubies are real? Red diamonds, actually. Jonas calmly took another sip of his water as Ben whistled in response to the price tag. Oh, Robert said, cleaning up the spill with a napkin. My bad. Red diamonds, not rubies. He then proceeded to throw his arms up into the air, pointed one hand at Jonas, and proclaimed to the rest of the bar, Yo, everybody, we got a baller over here, a genuine baller. Most of the people in the bar gave a mock cheer, with some raising their drinks in a toast towards the friend's table. The majority of the patrons there already knew that Jonas had money, though not the extent of how much he had. Rosalita's head turned in their direction, a slight look of admiration on her face. Jonas avoided making contact with those large brown eyes of hers, not wanting to encourage anything from the young woman, and returned his attention to his friends. Can we change the subject? Why, said Robert. I bet if that young waitress wasn't interested in your looks before, she is interested in you now. Shut up. So that piece of bling set you back six figures, Robert asked. Didn't your Tesla cost six figures as well? Yeah, but I bought that back in 2022. I figured since Elon Musk indirectly made me a fortune from Dogecoin, I could at least pay him back by purchasing one of his cars. Back to Venezuela, Ben said, changing subjects as Jonas adjusted his sleeves to cover the watch. Tell us exactly what happened that kept you down there for a while. As Jonas started to answer, he noticed the door to the bar open and a Middle Eastern man with olive skin entered. Wearing a rich blue suit with golden embroidery throughout and a white silk shirt, Jonas watched as Rosalita and the bartender acknowledged the man who holds up one finger. She sees it and nods before going off into the back while the man sits at a table, running a hand through his long, dark hair, and then stroking his similarly long and straight beard. Jonas is not familiar with the man who seemed to be known by the staff. But what he does notice is that the noise in the bar gets perceptibly quieter as soon as Blue Suit entered, similar to when animals suddenly go quiet when they detect the presence of a predator. As always, thank you
0: for listening to the Night Rider podcast, and a special thank you to those of you who kept coming back to listen to the older episodes. If you'd like to tell me what you think about this episode and its topic, my social media is in the description. Also, give this episode a like and share it with your friends. Goodbye, and as always, let's write some magic.